Hello, ladies and germs, and welcome to the No Holds Barred Witchcraft podcast. Oh, hello, gentlemen, as well. I introduced the germs because obviously the germs from the coronaviruses and that, they'll be coming back now. People aren't cleaning their hands as often, Chris. They're coming back. <laughs> all the germs, they've gone away for a very long time because of all this hand washing and social distancing and stuff. And now they're on the rise, you see. A lot of people getting sick and ill and such. So, you know. Um, it's going to be very interesting. We could potentially even link back in one way, shape or form to today's theme, because today's episode is called Kinky About Poverty, which is something that one of our Patreons, I do believe, uh, I don't think they suggested it as a podcast title, but I thought it was a bloody brilliant. It's a it phrase a, they used, I think. It is a phrase, Kinky About Poverty. Now, money magic and all of that is quite a big theme in Witch War 6, our competition that we're holding at the moment in may 2022 did i get that right you got that right this time yeah okay good i get my years and centuries mixed up chris you know this i need to be checked you do but i don't think there's a doctor brave enough to check you right so money magic and the like kinky about poverty so there's the general idea of money magic and that some people obviously would say oh no no it's a bad thing you shouldn't do it this and that blah 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 um more people are coming around to the idea that using magic in your own power and stuff in order to get an advantage when it comes to getting the monies and sort out debts and money problems and that um, could be quite a powerful thing to use. You know, magic, super powerful. Possibly a good uh, advantage you might have. Now, those people may be on board with the idea of it, but they're struggling to actually work any money magic. And the idea that we kind of alluded to, maybe talked briefly about in the Witch War 6 competition video, was the idea that people may be holding themselves back. So the concept that, well, actually, they don't feel it can work or they don't actually feel that they should be or cannot imagine themselves and see themselves in a position of being a wealthy, you know? If you've had to sign on and live on the benefits for a long time and you're living paycheck to paycheck, they cannot imagine actually being out of that because they've been in that rut for so long. Which may, may cause a problem. Now, now, does that cause a problem? Because this is going back to this idea that you need to believe the spell will work in order to make it work. And I don't know whether that is entirely the case all of the time. What are your thoughts? I think people's disbelief is often what affects them more than their ability to believe. I think sometimes when people are so hold on to spells for too long and don't realise they're actually holding on to it. So mm. I think the kind of the anxiety that comes around spells that matter, like this is why we often talk about how, you know, wishing for something or uh, casting for something that you don't really need um, they often work better and that's because you don't hold on to them because you don't particularly care about the outcome. Um, and I think a lot of it when it comes down to money magic is people turn to money magic when they really need it, uh. not when they don't need it. Um, and then they fall into one of two traps, which is either they don't believe it's going to work and therefore are holding on to it or they're holding on to it because it can't leave their mind because they're desperate for the money. And those two processes both mean you're holding on to that spell with its choker chain on and aren't letting it go in order for it to manifest. I think that there's a big difference between a lot of the practitioners that are around today and those kind of old world traditional witchy type ones and i don't mean modern traditional witchcraft i mean kind of traditional magical practitioners very often folk magical practitioners 
from a few hundred years ago because the modern magical practice in the western world is not survivalist it seems to be a bit more hobby seems to be a little yeah. bit more this is my hobby i'll go and attend the group ritual i'll go and do this i'll celebrate the sabbath not something that's vitally important to your life so not something that actually you need to make sure that that sabbath ritual work because otherwise you're completely screwed and you're probably going to die you won't see it through the winter type thing this modern magic from what i've seen a lot of the time is more of an exploration of the self a little bit of exploration and a flirt with spirituality and mm. dressed up with a kind of uh, aesthetic now i don't want to say that everyone's like that but i do think that it is a very important point that we need to make because no other fucking person is making that and that is that witchcraft and magic back in the day survivalist it is necessary you're only really doing magic that is necessary you're not necessarily doing a load of stuff just for the fun of it everything you're doing is it needs to work you know <laughs> you're doing your uh the, the era which nowadays we think of celebrations and sabbaths but actually rituals and such that may be done by magical practitioners of the past was to ensure their survival it was to ensure a good harvest it was to ensure that something would happen and that the negative thing wouldn't happen instead of the positive outcome that they want nowadays not so much and the problem with this is that back in the day everyone that did magic there was something on the line you know, it was something big, it was important, it was on the line. And if it were to, if your magic was to go wrong, then you're going to be negatively impacted by that. With today's comfortable magical practitioner in the Western world, that is not the case. And when you take these people that have been messing about trying to manifest things just for the fun of it, and then you put them in a situation where they actually really, really need to make that spell work, because it is a, basically a matter of life and death, they cannot do it because they've never learnt their craft on the front line, I suppose you'd say. They're not battle-hardened like the magical practitioners of the past that would have learnt by doing actual work. Nowadays, it seems a little bit more sanitised, but also not a huge amount that's on the line. And that's quite a dangerous place to learn. You see a very big difference between the people that utilise magic to actually improve their lives and need it versus those that necessarily don't. You see some things continuing on with magical practice. I know with travellers and gypsies and stuff like that, there's a lot of magical practice that still revolves around them utilising and needing it in order to get by in the everyday. The average person that's got a full-time job, you know, 1.2 kids, husband or yeah. wife, they're not really, it's magic is secondary. Magic's kind of like this, oh, I finished work. I've gone out with some people after work on the way home at the pub. I've come back and I need something to do on the weekends. Kids are away at the camp. I know I'll go and join a pagan ritual or I'll get on the Facebook and be a keyboard warrior. This is a difference. This is a problem. Um, and any craft, anything that you have to do for trying an error, you can relate to witchcraft and magic and spellcasting and that because when you pick up a lot of crafts you're not going to be a hundred percent perfect first time i know that when i started trying to do knitting recently right it was pretty shit there were holes in it and i dropped stitches and stuff like that i'm a little bit better now i've got some practice but the modern practitioner what they're doing is they're waiting for something to happen in their lives whereby oh crap, I cannot pay the mortgage this month. I suppose I should, given that I've been practicing witchcraft for 30 years and I'm a third degree initiate of some magical witchcrafty tradition, I suppose I should utilize my magic. Oh, what do I do? Well, I suppose I'll just do this kind of spell. Yeah, oh no, look, it hasn't worked, right? I'm seeing this more and more and more um a lot of people won't admit it but more come into light more people are admitting that they're um i don't know what you call i like the idea of battle hardened 
magical practices, but their uh, practical abilities, let's say, practical magical abilities aren't quite up to par and far below the standard that they need to be at or that you would expect to be at if someone's been practicing for a decade or two or three. You know, have you noticed a trend over the centuries, Mr. Chris? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i suppose more people now it's a dabble and actually i think big magic scares people um and i think i kind of want to throw in the kind of kinky aspect of the kinky about poverty of kind of going there is still that fear i think of modern practitioners that if they take money now they're going to have to pay it back later kind of thing and oh. I think actually, you know, that kind of where they go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it now. But they're so used to the kind of debt culture of credit cards and mortgages and things like that. I think <laughs> that part of their programming in their brain says, well, if I take that, I'm clearly either taking it from someone else or I'm taking it from myself further down the line. Because they do see it still as a finite resource which I know is very different to the way that, you know, I have my issues with it are very different. But the, um, I think a lot of people think about it in this ter in these terms. So they think almost like, well, if I take it now, I haven't earned it and I'm going to have to give it back later. Or, and I think that's where the kinky part comes in is where they're punishing themselves because actually that mindset is what's making sure that that actually is a potential that you're going to have to pay it back later because you've put that into your spell when you've manifested it. Mm. Um, which is where I often talk about <laughs> um, when we talk about kind of beginner spell crafting and we kind of tell them of all the, you know, the foot, the, the potholes across the way that people fall down into. Mm. I think that also enters their psyche of kind of going, oh, I need to think about this, I need to think about that, I need to think about the other, rather than literally just going, I need it and I want it, so fucking give it me. Um, and they haven't actually um, separated themselves from those kind of aspects of um, this is going to happen, it's coming from here, that's how I get it. Whereas, as you quite rightly like to point out to me all the time, that it all is just zeros and ones now. And mm. it's not even necessarily backed up in, into reality uh, by something physical, as it once was. Yeah, K kinky about poverty reminds me of... I am so stuck within this life of being poor that I can't imagine not being poor and because I can't imagine not being poor it kind of comes from an unconscious um, realm and my unconscious basically says no we're poor so you're fighting with your own unconsciousness uh, to a certain extent so if you are one of the sort of a magical magician-y types that need to feel like they need to be fully on board with a magic spell to work and need to feel that they deserve that money in order to make that magical thing happen then you know it's one of those things however that's not true okay when it comes to magical practice i see a lot of people yes when they do spell casting they can get in their own way because they try to do spells for things that they don't actually want and there's strange manifestations and misfirings that very often happen. You see it time and time again. I'm sure there are lots of magical practitioners that are listening now or in the witch group that could share stories about that very thing happening where they've got a spell that they've wanted to do. They kind of consciously feel like they want to do it, but there's some unconscious niggle. There's a part of them that's like, no, I don't actually want that. And then that interferes with it. The way of getting round to that is they actually think of it as a, thing that you need to get around because once you've identified that that could potentially be a problem for you if you yourself are in fact kinky about poverty in an unconscious way on, on an unconscious level and actually feel 
that you'll never really break out of that and that your spellcasting is doomed before it starts to happen. There are ways around that, but you need to think of it as an obstacle and an obstacle or problem that needs a solution. It needs solving, you know, because there are solutions. Maybe that type of spell is something that you cannot work because if you're trying to manifest a million pangs in a week and you don't believe that it can happen and you're not supplying enough energy to it, then potentially that's going to happen. Maybe you do get that and you just win it on a game or get fake Monopoly money or something like that, you know? Um, but what other methods would there be? Well, one of the classical methods from Grimoires and, you know, that kind of approach is that not petition work, because that's basically just begging a spirit or deity to do something for you, but bargaining coming up with a contract, interviewing potential people, things, teams, spirits that will be able to jig the future, to realign the universe, realign things so that you do get what you want, okay? So if you are trying to manifest some money and you don't believe that you deserve it and you're having a misfire with your spell casting and you've identified that actually you just can't do the spell because you've got no faith in it whatsoever and you've tried time and time again, then it may be time for a different approach. And there are many approaches that you can take. It's not just spellcasting. Are you able to evoke or invoke a spirit and talk to it and explain the fucking situation and say, I want this money, this is money in this place called Earth, the physical realm, money is quite important. I fucking want some, please give it to me. But there's some certain criteria that you need to bring it to me. I cannot be arrested for doing anything illegal. I need to keep the money and be able to spend it on whatever I want. And I don't want to have to claim on some sort of crazy ass insurance because I've got involved in a car accident and I've got a payout. You know, all of these things are no-nos. This is the stuff that you would negotiate with the spirit and, and explain your perspective and your point of view. Obviously not, not coming from the perspective that you assume the spirit knows exactly what you want. Um, but at the same time, maybe you don't do that sort of thing. Maybe you don't like working with spirits. Is that the only other option? No, I can think of lots of other options. What about plain old bloody psychic ability, gazing into the future? You know, if you know things that are going to happen in the future, you can profit from them. Profit means, you know, being prosperous, but it also means potentially making trades, making investments, seizing opportunities no one sees because they don't know what's going to happen yet. And yet, if you've got psychic ability, you can. So why not use your tarot to see opportunities, either that are currently here at the moment, right in front of you that you're not currently seeing, or ones that are going to be coming by soon that you would have otherwise not noticed. Many different approaches, Chris, to magic um and not just the usual bs spells that you get from spell books which contains five thousand or so spells that you can do one of the things that i do see actually with regards to spell casting is this idea of not necessarily calling things money magic there's money spells and money magic but very often much like this uh very lovely incense I got from a shop in Glastonbury. It says prosperity on it. They don't want to say money. They want to say prosperity. So, Chris, what does prosperity mean to you? And why do you think it would be always equated with money? Or why so many associations with money? Um, I think prosperity for me means incoming because i know i don't know why but my brain can't separate the word prosper with phosphorus and i instantly think kind of rich metal that combusts um but that might just be a weird kink in my brain um and prosperity for me means yeah kind of means wind, wind rush or um, sudden, sudden for you know, sudden um, gold rush or whatever, mm. um, or it means wealthy. Um, so kind of someone being prosperous, someone that just seems to attract money uh, or attract wealth. 
um, and I think prosperity is more close, more closely related to the word wealth mm. than it necessarily is the word money. So, because some people, you know, at the end of the day, the reason the incense is called prosperity and not wealth is because they don't want one to have people coming back going, this didn't work. Um, <laughs> so the word prosperity is far more flowery and therefore has more um, uses because you could mean prosperity as new baby. You could mean prosperity as new house spell. You can use prosperity in all of those kind of success um, kind of magics as well as just being about money um mm. in is why it's named that but actually the word prosperity i to me means sudden kind of windfall mm. um or gold rush it has that kind of feeling of something coming or controversially as a long-standing wealth if someone is prosperous but the um but that's me just kind of word playing um bit of tug of war with with the word itself um whereas i would prefer a kind of wealth spell or a or a money spell what would you consider wealth to be then because that's an interesting one because people say rich i want to be rich i want to be rich you know whereas wealth is a little something I don't know. There's something else about that. There's something that yeah, wealth provides wealth to me is a stable word. Word. Yeah, it means having enough that it is no longer a thought. Um, someone being wealthy, um, it has that kind of because it because it rhymes with health. There mm. is that kind of healthy aspect. That kind of wealth part is that it's a maintained. Um money um or prosperity or any of those other words uh, i think wealth has more to do with the word stability there's two people that i think of that i met back in the day uh when i worked in construction both of them were clients okay well one of them was a client one of them was a tenant of a client i suppose putting it specifically the first one was an older lady that i was doing some work for and she said she, she wouldn't shut up she was one of those people that chat 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 she had quite a few you know she was older she had a few medical conditions and things like that and she'd always say i would trade wealth for health because she sat fairly comfortably in terms of not needing you know she's got a decent pension and all that kind of thing her husband died and left her some money her son unfortunately died left her some money she was in a state of having money you know she would always say i would trade wealth for health okay which always made me think bullshit you want both and you probably want a little love as well you know but it was the state that she was in that she was obviously yeah you know, the pain, I want to make the pain go away. There is another person who, when I was doing HMOs, which is shared houses, basically a lot of students and stuff live in HMOs. I was doing some work for a landlord in one of the HMOs. And one of the students that was there was talking, I overheard them, I didn't have the conversation with them, but they were talking about getting paid to be part of essentially some sort of clinical trial. So trading their potential health for some money they were testing a drug <laughs> or something yeah. and i was like here we have the old person who's accumulated a lot of wealth you know and's comfortable and that that doesn't mean a lot to her and she wants health because she's suffering then we've got the young person who's very healthy but they have no money not a pot to piss in and they're willing to trade their health for wealth for money and I don't like people that put things in this category and try to make one thing better than the other because I, I've heard a lot of people that will also say health is so much more important than wealth but these people are very often not understanding that you should not be trying to trade one from the other that okay. ideally you want to be wealthy and healthy and happy and a prosperous for me prosperity 
So the Cambridge Dictionary, I've loaded up. Cambridge Dictionary has a definition which I don't agree with. Uh, their definition is the state of being successful and having a lot of money. Okay, and they give an example. A country's future prosperity depends to an extent upon the quality of education of its people. That's coming from Cambridge Dictionary. I think they're biased towards education, Chris. They also say um, the war was followed by a long period of peace and prosperity. Also something that's biased from Cambridge. <laughs> yeah. um, but my idea of prosperity is very much combined with money factors into it, but luck also factors in. Prosperous is I'm living in a state of not really needing where things kind of pan out. You know, and that changes very rapidly. I've met people that continuing along the the lines of people that aren't, uh, you know, weren't very well. I've met people that have got several hundred thousand pounds in the bank account that would be considered wealthy. They'd probably be considered in the top ten percent of the richest people in the world. Well, you don't need that amount, not that much money to be, unfortunately, in this day and age. Um, but they would think, well, actually, you know, you may have. 150 to 200,000 pounds in the bank account, but you are retired and you're soon to be going into a nursing home, which is costing you 5,000 pounds a week. How long is that going to last? You know, is that enough money to get you going for the rest of your life? You know, all of these things is basically, I'd say, a state of being. So prosperity and prosperous people, it cannot be quantified in a, in a value. I think it's more about the lifestyle and the amount. So for someone that may not have a huge amount of money, like I hear about people going and retiring abroad, like going to Thailand and living on not very much money, you know, over there, because their money goes a lot further and living on a beach, that kind of thing. Living frugally on a lower income. Um, but they're prosperous, they're happy. And yet I know people that work in the city that are on six-figure salaries that are not happy and they're not prosperous, but they have a lot more money. So I think it is, to a certain extent, existing in a state where your needs are met and you're comfortable. Prosperity seems comfortable with little effort. Um, and I think prosperity is an interesting one because prosperity is something that you should obviously try to work towards. I think luck is one of those things that we attribute towards some people are just lucky. So that person's got that nice life, they're just lucky. Whereas other people that have actually come from a crappy life and have forged a prosperous, happy, you know, comfortable life for themselves. That's something that I think is more of an aim. I see prosperity as something that you're trying to aim for. Wealth is potentially a part of prosperity but I'd say prosperity is a bigger umbrella wealth like you I'd say is kind of I think old money when I think of wealth I think our money is not a problem there's enough an abundance of it whereas when you think of windfalls when you think get rich be rich you think I've just won a loads of money but you know it's possibly something that I could burn through all of um, we've got about a minute left and then I suppose we should talk about more of the intricacies of money magic, maybe help out some of those people that are currently doing the Witch War Sit, which is all to do with money magic, basically. Anything else you'd like to say in our last minute? Well, I just want to say, like, you know, for those listening who don't listen to the the podcast, the other side of the, uh, the watershed, um, you really should go do that. But two is to kind of go, why is me, you know, why have we just spent um, 10 minutes talking about wordplay? And I think the importance of that is this is the stuff that gets in the way when yep. you're producing spellcraft work. Is your understanding of those words matters um, because it's you and your consciousness that's part of that kind of spell triangle that makes that manifestation happen. Um, and if you can't explain that, then, you know, you're kind of stuck there. And that's why your spell work's probably not working. Right. Well, that's it for this edition of the No Holds Barred Witchcraft podcast. Join the Thoth Witchcraft Patreon if you want to make us more prosperous.
And those of you that have made us more prosperous are listening to me now. So thank you very much. And I, I think we'll expand on prosperity and then I'll go and bitch about, you know, magical practices because that's what they'll expect us to do. But prosperity, I think this system here, the Patreon thing exists in a way that I feel is more about prosperity than specifically wealth or money. Okay, because yes, Patreon makes us money, but I think they adds to the prosperity because there's fulfillment. I feel in prosperity, there's fulfillment in our Patreon and the people that support us on Patreon because yes, they feed into the lifestyle, they feed into the work they do by funding a lot of the stuff, you know, but also it makes me feel like a sense of purpose. It gives me something that I can sit back and I can think, you know, as a community here, we've we've both obviously been instrumental in building something. What that thing is, I don't know. It means a lot to a lot of different people. But there's prosperity, I think, in this community. There's prosperity in the knowledge being shared amongst each other, particularly in the witchcraft live groups and the various other kind of networking things that people get up to. But that to me feels prosperity that feels like support i think a prosperous life is one that is supported it's a state that you're in that's being supported by multiple things whether that be luck and things panning out your way the majority of the time whether that be the people that you surround yourselves with gravitating towards you or the right sort of people gravitating towards you or whether that be the money that you need because money is the lifeblood of the world. It's what's necessary for people to survive and get things done. I also feel like where the word wealth is appropriate for us is we come from a wealthy point of view. Kind of if we, you know, Chris, transfer away from Chris, no, away from money. To, we're supposed away. to be accessible to the plebs, Chris. We can't yeah. have them thinking we're rich well if you'd let me finish they wouldn't think that would they oh good, um, good. you're going to get your cap out and that's so, or something <laughs> i'll shut up now um yeah so my point was going to be that obviously from a wealth point of view where we're talking about not just money where we're talking about a stability a um, you know, inheritance, a long-standing kind of land and gentry point of stability and property and things like that. This is where we kind of come from, from a magical point of view. Uh, you know, it is the fact that we are the kind of the haves rather than the have-nots in terms of magical knowledge. And the whole point of this whole process, particularly the Patreon, but also what we do as Thoth of a, as a whole is more about actually sharing that wealth and kind of hopefully meaning that there is a land a larger longer lasting wealth of magical practice when we leave and not in terms of inheritance in the terms of passing down or creating any kind of lineage but more the fact that actually the reason we stepped into this was in an attempt to bring the wealthy up. Um, you know, the people that actually have more magical knowledge and are therefore self-sufficient um, in magical practice. Um, so I kind of feel like, yes, prosperity is what we do in the short term, but the hope is that we're making these longer standing changes that means that the magical community as a whole is wealthier when we decide to go back to our lofty thrones in the sky. Yeah, so equating that, when you're building a community such as this, a lot of people will think of inheritance as, well, the stuff that gets left behind, how much it can be flogged for, how much stuff you can have to take down to the local charity shop, or I think they call them thrift stores or something in America, don't they? How much stuff was left behind after we pop our clogs? A lot of people think, well, that would be a measure of the wealth and such. Um, do you leave a tradition? How many books have you left? Blah, 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 blah. I see it a little bit more as for us raising a, raising a child because raising a child is not about 
you know, the material stuff that you leave and your reputation is actually about community, all of the people that have interacted with you, how much better are they having known you, having interacted with you, which isn't something like an event that happens at the end of your life when they're the deed and the will and all that sort of thing is Liam or Chris left X amount of money, this property here, that, you know, thing that we don't talk about in Wells Retreat, Morgan Retreat. <laughs> all this sort of stuff is about well actually over the course of their lives these are the people who they've actually affected and the danger i think is that the new agey kind of approach is that we just care about the other people that we affect in our lives and i disagree with that i'm not one for that i think about people that I've met that have done a lot of charitable work and stuff like that, but they're paupers and they live in a quite painful existence. They do a lot, but they live in a painful existence. I think prosperity and true prosperity is that you're not in a painful existence. Yes, you're helping others and you're doing what you love and such, but you should enjoy doing it. It should be a beautiful life, a prosperous life for you. Um, have we done enough talking nice? Can we do some bitching or something now? You can do some bitching. I do feel like they should all, in a very small amount, feel very guilty about how rich we could be if we went and did it the hoodoo way and sold spells for a £1,000. We'd be far richer than we are giving all this knowledge away so cheaply. Um, yes. But I just need to feel, felt I needed to get that bile out of my system. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's very true. But then you're talking more about wealth, Chris, and windfalls <laughs> of money, not prosperity. You know, I'm presuming. Why is it that you don't, before we go on to the bitching, why is it that you don't charge that amount of money? I'm curious. Because you could. I was, I was taught, I was taught teach a man to fish. Um. I, I prefer self, uh, I suppose part of it is I'm not all that material. Mm. Um, what I care about is knowledge. Um, so actually I'm quite happy living the way I do. It me I would be in a much, ha you know, it would be a much easier life to have a lot more money, but I don't want it enough to do anything about it. I'm quite happy in my my little trudged, little alleyway that I have trudged my way through. Um, but that might just be this, you know, ridiculous bloodline I was born into at this time round that's coloured my worldview. Um, <laughs> You're slumming it this lifetime, aren't you? <laughs> I'm slumming it for this life. Um, whereas, I suppose, I don't charge because I would rather... I get more joy and more fulfillment out of seeing you dig yourself out of a hole than I do by doing it for you. Does that make sense? Like I, 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 the teacher man to fish so he can fish for himself rather than handing him a fish and saying, here you go, that does you for a day. Mm. But also I don't like the annoyance of someone being reliant on me mm. in a slightly less nice way it's it's not necessarily true that we do a lot of work super cheap or um necessarily for free we do a lot of that work but not all of it and when we don't do work for cheap when we do expensive work it's a tax it's an annoyance tax is why it actually yeah. is it's a case of well actually i don't really want to do this and i'm not going to do it for you therefore you've got to be in pain give me a shitload of money yeah. Um, that's basically how it works. That's how the price plan essentially works. The more you're willing to do yourself, the cheaper, the cheaper it, is. it is. And the more you want me to do, because I don't really enjoy doing that sort of work for other people. Yes, we might like magical practice and find magical practice fun. But at the end of the day, the sort of people that do £2,000 or $2,000 uh, spell candles are the same people that are selling you a, I'll make your lifelong... 
twin flame fucking romantic partner pop up within the next month type thing. Oh, sorry, it didn't work. That's because you needed the $3,000 spell. That kind of approach. That's the sort of mundane magic that I don't like for the simple reason that although every person is individual and technically every case is individual, it's just not individual or exciting enough to me, to, you know, for it to give me thrills. That's the thing. It is exactly that, though, Liam. It is. That is boring practice. Mm. Don't make me do it. I really don't want to do it. Um, and therefore, but, yes, an annoyance but, tax is definitely the best way to put that. Every time Mr. Chris doesn't have enough money in his bank account to cover a bill, someone finds a lifelong partner. <laughs> you could look at it like that. <laughs> because if you were going to do that sort of work, it's probably because you're thinking, fuck it, I'll just do it, either because you really like the person and feel sorry for them, or it's like, ah, oh, fuck it, oh, I need some more money this month, I'll do a spell for you, there we go. So, I mean, it swings and roundabouts at the end of the day, because when you're upset and are charging a lot of money, someone really gets what they've been asking for and really wants. But at the same time, when you're happy and you're not charging, someone's going basically going through a whole world of pain trying to fix something themselves, which you can just snap your fingers and fix. So are you really as good and nice as people would originally have thought with that? Because some people will think, oh, well, Chris and Liam, they don't exploit people. They give away so much time and energy for free. But actually, we're just sickos that like watching people suffer. People don't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe right it's time for some bitching because the, later on we've got our first feisty witches episode of season two which is going to be uber all sorts of fun um but i found this in my witchy cabinet right i don't know if you can quite see it it's incense yeah. from a shopping bastard called star child right and it says on it, Prosperity, Natural Incense. It's got the um, little sign of Jupiter on it, and it's got the sign of Mercury on it. Now, I want, I'm want i going to ask you this question, but I also want the people that are listening to ask themselves this question, and we'll all see if we come to the same conclusions or think the same things, you know? Because what I'm going to ask is I'm going to ask this natural incense from star child that says prosperity on it why would someone walk into that star child shop and buy that in they buy it do you think well because i know the star child store yeah my first thoughts would be because everything smells so good in there Right, but if it smells so good, because you don't actually get samples of the smell, so you don't know. So when you walk into the spell, are you just, you're the shop, you're just buying one of everything? Or what? Why do you just pick this one up? And do you just pick this one up? The average person. I imagine so, because they would go for those words, wouldn't they? Prosperity, luck, success. I don't know if they actually do a successful one. I'll have to check. I bet they do. Maybe. I mean, it would make sense that they do. I'll look it up on the website. You keep chatting. Part of it will be that. The other part is, if you were to walk into Star Child, you're surrounded by all the raw herbs. So it's a proper little apothecary shop, isn't it? And you'll kind of go, oh, that's scary. I don't know enough to uh, to pick the things that I think I need from behind their head. I'm going to go for one of their ready-made blends. Um, mm. Then I feel like if you were to open some of the tins, the little jars, and smell them, they all smell so fucking good that you wouldn't be able to resist taking a couple of them home. Can you um, Can you think of a time when you've gone in there and only bought one jar? out of question you know 
expose yourself no but when i go in there it's a case of i'm going in there a to steal ideas and prices <laughs> um and also for specific things now i've got up their list on their website hand blended incense and then there's subcategories of that so the category that this prosperity incense is in is called magical incenses okay there's also spiritual incense Avalonian incense, astrological incense, planetary incense, elemental incense, and festive incense. Now, what I want is I want a little idea and to take a sneak peek into someone's mind, the sort of person that shops in this store or goes into this store, because I'm personally seeing multiple customers, multiple types of customers. What I'm seeing, because it's Glastonbury, let's be fair, I'm seeing the memento seeker they got off a coach quite literally 10 minutes ago they went up the tour or thought about going up the tour they thought fuck it we'll just take a picture from down here because it's too fucking steep let's go shopping and go in a cafe and they go into this thing and they think i need to buy something to take away to remind me of my little trip where i couldn't be bothered to walk up the tour and instead went in the coffee shop and bought an overpriced vegan burger right yeah. i know what i'll do I'm in Aries, I'll buy some Aries incense. So is that kind of stereotypical, I'm in a spiritual place, I need to get something spiritual, oh, incense always got my fucking star sign on it. You know, because I've only got one star sign because I'm a member of the public and I don't understand natal charts or anything like it. So I thought, you know, that kind of thing. So there's that kind of person that just goes with the stereotypical thing that they relate to themselves in their day as a memento. They probably won't burn it, they might, they might not, they probably won't. But I've got with this one, the magical incense, they've got other things in that category, such as meditation, purification, protection, prosperity, love incense. To me, that is a spell. That's how I see people would put it. I think, oh, love incense, then surely that means a love spell prosperity that surely means a prosperity spell protection that surely means a protection spell do you get that or is that just me no i imagine that's how it's designed because right. they're a clever shop so i imagine there's also a candle that lines up with those names too um and there'll be an oil that's of a yeah. similar name also you've been so there before <laughs> if you don't know how to make make the ins uh, you know make incenses work then you prefer to use an oil burner then obviously you'll use an oil instead so prosperity incense if i click on it because it doesn't give you the information in the shop but it says an abundance is a state of mind for prosperity this incense is not a get rich quick potion it is designed to help you clear energy blockages that prevent you from connecting with flow of giving and receiving burn this incense to connect with your inner self or self-worth and to attune to the cosmic flow of energy that's basically a cleansing so yes. energetic cleansing isn't it yes i'm also now questioning why they've put jupiter on the side of that if that's what they meant for it to be doing well there we go i mean on the actual page they've got magical collection jupiter for wisdom wisdom prosperity spirituality faith hope personal growth protection healing guidance because they've stole that from a scott no, they're using cunningham and mercury communication understanding divination flexibility direct energy in accordance with will if i was thinking prosperity i would probably put jupiter and mercury in there yes but what they're doing is they're i would imagine thinking fuck what about the people that say they burnt the fucking thing and they ain't no wealthier? So I think they're thinking more, oh, unblockages, this is an unconscious, yeah. you know, like Kanks thing. Because if you click on the love one, when love is in the air, it may be this seductive scent, a sensuous fragrance that enchants the mind and bypasses the intellect by appealing directly to the seat of passion. Perfumers throughout the ages have known how to use the power of scent to attract, seduce, in thrill yeah. and arouse passionate desire an alluring scent can touch in different hearts didn't touch mine stimulate <laughs> i thought he said stimulate joints then but no loins and evoke the magic of love 
right? Again, all of this is kind of like a Tarte's boudoir vibe is what I'm getting from yeah. Incense. Because I think Incense is a great way of doing that. It's not necessarily spell casting, but I think but ultimately people think of. Ultimately, they are um, aromatherapists, aren't they? They're not yeah. alchemists. Yeah. which is what the kind of old school apothecary would be is alchemy mm. whereas i find what they provide is a is a perfumery or um a aromatherapy yeah. point of view well the guy's a perfumer that's where his background is the protection oh, in okay. sense, right protection in sense negative energies abound in this world from jealousy to spite to full-blown hatred i didn't think those were negative Oh, that's my general emotional state. Emotionally They're all very useful. <laughs> yeah, always useful. Emotionally laden thought forms take an independent existence cause much hurt and damage, whether they are directed or undirected. Burn this incense to banish, banish negative energies and to invoke your protective spirit. So this is some sort of fucking evocation incense, surely. It is meant as a preventative rather than a cure. Well, it is protection. I suppose so that makes sense. No herb can prevent karma from unfolding, but some may assist in strengthening the psychic shield of protection. Oh, they put some threefold in there. How gross. Yeah, well, uh, we don't give threefold to the fuck about that. Right. So next lot of incense, they've got spiritual incense, which I thought was quite interesting. But in the is that where Isis is and things like yes. that? Basically, in the spiritual incense, is all incenses named after deities, goddesses, but yeah, deities. I'm trying to think if there's any men, male kind of things in there. Oh, they've got. Oh no, there's a goddess temple upstairs. Uh, is it the back now? Um, oh, is it the back? Yeah, it's on the high street. Bridget incense. Oh, interesting. The ones that are out of stock. What's out of stock? Guy incense is the only one that's out of stock. Isis incense <laughs> is the one I get given. Your mate. Every, every time I go in the shop, because I've bought big orders before, they give away free stuff, and they always fucking give away Isis oil or Isis incense, and I really don't fucking give two shits about it. I've never liked it. I think the last one I gave away to oh. you. I was going to say, so you didn't buy me that then, did you? you oh, yes, got I did. That, free that, was one, that was the one occasion that I bought it. Yes, the other times I've been giving it away, Mr. Chris. Fuck, I've definitely put my foot in that one. <laughs> I shall remember that, Liam. In the beginning, there was Isis. To Old be fair, the Isis, the Isis oil is shit. Yes. Do you think that's why they give it away? Probably. In the probably beginning, cheap. In the beginning, there was Isis, oldest of the old. She is the goddess from which all becoming arose. Well, that's bullshit. Isis, that's bullshit. the great mother of goddess quite late. in Egypt. Yes, yeah, she is quite late, isn't she? Holds the key to the mysteries of life and death. She is the goddess of fertility, healing and magic. Mother of all. The primordial womb from whence all life arose and to whom all must return. Stereotypical new age BS. I think we'll cut that there because this one's supposed to be all about prosperity and not, you know. Yeah, let's, but, no, but you said you wanted to slag off I, I didn't think you were going to go for Star Child, though. That was that was not expected. Mm. Well, it's because it was in my cabinet. This prosperity incense is not a spell, okay? So what is it designed to do, therefore? Is it designed to be a kind of accompaniment? Is it kind of get you in the mood? Because from what the, the website says, that's what it reminds me of. This is more of a kind of like pre-drinks before you yeah, go out I was thinking more, main event. <laughs> it's the rose petals and the other bullshit that you've agreed to do including the chocolates and stuff to convince you that yes I'm I'm ready for sexy time now the foreplay Chris isn't that what they call it you warm them up the warm up isn't it foreplay is that right got to get blood yes, running that... through the toes yes Right, so this isn't really spell casting, is it? No. So, you know, have they got any spells? Like, no, I don't think they sell spells in there, do they? But let's be fair, right? 
many of the spell kits that you tend to see, it's got a little candle and some like money spells and stuff. It's got a little bit of uh, incense in it, money incense, wealth incense, or prosperity incense, and it's got a candle and it's got a little bit of uh, words that you're supposed to spout. I know in a lot of the other shops, that's what they sell. But that doesn't necessarily work, does it? But how could you, if you wanted to, for which war six, take some wealth, prosperity, money, incense, and actually use that in spell casting? What would be the what would make sense the best to you? Aside from a fucking charm bag, okay? <laughs> I didn't say anything about a charm bag. I know, but I was going to jump in just in case you were to say, well, what you want to do is you want to get a bag and you want to put it in and then you want to charge it. Stop trying to typecast me well, into something that we both do, Liam, that we both do um, with complete beginners. Um, anyway... Um, what I tend would tend to say is if there's going to be incense involved, then my thought process would be you've got to find a way to invoke that. So the good the good part of that would be an evoke invoke um, in order to create in sacred space. So even if you don't burn it, it being in that kind of space when you're working is going to provide that kind of aromatic. So it's going to meet the it's going to meet the smell sense. So and to a certain extent, will also coach your tongue in that kind of um, taste aspect because you, obviously most of what you smell is what you taste anyway. But so the um, sensory wise, I think that's a nice base in which to add other things to, and whether or not you're going to add other ingredients or use that as a focal point surrounding by other things that you want to create that with. Ultimately, though, it depends on what you're wanting to pull this into. Is this sigil magic? Is this candle magic? Are you pulling this en energy into what? Are you creating an amulet to wear, making a charm bag? What are you doing in order to actually hold that energy? in order for you to work it or are you just projecting that out to find new opportunity what what is it exactly you are trying to do in order to bring prosperity in i'm trying to make lots of money so i can win which war six that's what i'm trying to do i want to be everyone else so what if i did a spell with the prosperity incense for which was six but then accidentally i dropped this other star child incense which is rustafarian incense the rustafarian incense i dropped some of that in would it make a difference one love <laughs> would i have, I have no idea <laughs> i have no idea what that incense would be for oh well i'll, I'll tell you Rastafarian incense. This incense is uh, inspired by Rastafarian roots movement. Burn this incense if you feel the need to go back to your roots, like Levi roots. I didn't put that in. I put that bit in. Okay. Um, and experience the I and I consciousness. We are all one, brothers and sisters, friends and foes. We are in it together, one peoples, one love, one earth. One Ooh. love. That would be an interesting mix. The question is whether or not you want to be a vampire then and pull that success, prosperity from your community. Yeah. Um, or if you want to use it so that actually you are so wealthy that money can be shared. Um, but no, it really no. depends. I want a kind of like a Borg thing from Star Trek where I just assimilate, assimilate everyone else's energy and wealth and it just all ties into mine and makes me rich. Like what Jeff Bezos okay. did when we taught him how to do that charm bank. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. There um, we go. I think this has been somewhat educational and if it hasn't, well, it's tough. a comedy show. So, you know. We got the last laugh because you paid to listen. So we've our prosperity spell worked. <laughs> <laughs>
But yeah, on a serious side <laughs> note, we highly encourage that you do the Witch Wars 6. If you haven't already looked, you can go on the Thoth TV YouTube channel and have a little look what it's all about and tell me or you're entering or not. Goodbye, good luck, and of course, one love. Chris, you're supposed to say one love. One love? Can you do it in like a Rastafarian accent? No. Oh. Okay. Bye, everyone.